<laughs> so I don't look like so much of a hobo. I'm going to look a little bit like a hobo, but less like a hobo. Good morning, Breck. <laughs> Good morning, Remy. I think you look gorgeous. You're nice. sporting one of um, the Boo's and Bruce sweatshirts, aren't you? I am. It's like not an attractive angle. I've seen that so, one, yeah. that one. Yeah, there we go. That's better. That's a better way to do that than to lean all the way back. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like we should just take that as a learning moment. We just learned something right there, Remy. That's a better way to do that than I was originally doing it. I mean, there are times when I can't believe I'm about to say this. Like, my desk is at a weird height. So then sometimes it looks like I'm resting my boobs on my desk and I'm like, not really doing that, but it appears like I'm doing that. It's weird. So it's, I don't, the fact that we're able to function early in the morning and it's not even really that early for me anymore, but um, yeah, getting better at it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting better at it. We had to wake up early again on Monday to work another set of calves. So I was like, it wasn't as bad getting up early. Thankfully, uh, the panels were still loaded in the trailer from the weekend. So we just had to saddle horses, not load panels. That was better this week. It was better this Monday. But it gets easier to get up early. I also have to go, I have to go, I have to, go to bed earlier, which is different for me. Because so what, okay, so what time is that for you now? Still like 11 to 12.30, but before I'd stay up till like 2 o'clock in the morning, now I'm like, man, I can't process on that little run of sleep. Ooh. No. I, um, I'm trying to turn a new leaf over and get better at getting up earlier, which has not been easy. But I have to be, I have to be in bed by like 9 o'clock. And I'm I'm not staying up till two in the morning, or I wasn't, but I was definitely probably staying up till midnight. But I require a lot of sleep, evidently. I saw this study that women require much more sleep than men, and I think that women don't get more sleep than a lot of men. Not all men, but not a lot of men. Because it's like all I feel like I don't get... I feel like I don't get good REM sleep or whatever that is. I don't know. It's the same thing. It's like, well, I, if I go to bed, then I won't get this done. So then I try and get other stuff done. But now I'm getting better about like, it'll be there in the morning. I don't need to stay up all night doing it. Uh, the kids are still here, obviously, this morning. So I'm sorry about all the background noise. Remy had a near-death experience this weekend, this last weekend. I, I did. I was moving panels and thankfully... Um, and uh, rope snapped, but that was my fault for not taking better care of the ropes. And um, all, a lot of panels fell on me. And same thing with my boobs. I thought if I could just get my boobs out of the way, I could breathe, <laughs> but that didn't work. And thankfully the guy that worked for me got them um, moved off. And then uh, I just have some bruises to show for a bad decision. But I did not die. It happened. Uh, big day in our household today, Bronson's birthday. He turns 11 or he turned Woo! 11. I know. I know. It seems like so long ago. Um, 
I just remember when we had him, because he was a plan C-section, you know, and I don't do well with hospitals. <clears throat> with the first one, I didn't know what was about to happen, you know, so it was all good. And then with Bronzy, I knew what was coming. And so I just remember saying to Brandon, like, we're leaving for the hospital. And he, I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't, I don't want to do this. And he's like, well, I'm pretty sure that we have no choice now. There's no turning back. I'm like, yeah, I got you right. So he's been a huge blessing in our lives. And he is so funny and dramatic. I don't know. I've got the funniest thing. He is, the kid is weird about clothes, Remy. Like, do you have a, do you have any of your boys like a diva about clothes by chance? That's, that's my second one. That's Brayden. Everyone thinks I dress him the way I, that he dresses. No, no. That is all him. Well, Bronson is special and unique in the fact that he likes to wear, he wears like the athletic clothes during the week. But then when he rides horse, then he'll, you know, don his whole apparel. But he's super picky about the sizes of everything. He wants to wear, he's not very big, but he's long-legged. So a size 14 jean is too short for him. And when he gets on the horse, they come above his boot tops. And he looks ridiculous. But he won't wear a size 16 because when he's done riding and puts his Crocs on, the jeans will drag on the ground and get dirty. So I packed all of his clothes this weekend and I packed all 16s. And we're, I was laying in bed on early on Sunday morning. He's getting ready and he's throwing clothes everywhere. And mom, why do you bring me these size 16s? You know, I hate them. These might be the clothes that you prefer, but I do not prefer them. I'm like, who says this? <laughs> Put the damn jeans on and get on your horse. So I feel like it's always a fight with that one, with his clothing wardrobe choices. Yeah, I just, my second one, I, I don't really dress him. I haven't dressed him for a long time. I mean, he's only eight, but I don't think I've dressed him since he was like three. So. Oh, I don't, don't get me wrong. I just, oh, I just, no, I mean, I, but like, you know, my other one, my other ones are like, oh, here's some jeans. You can wear those. No, my second one's got to have the right jeans. My fourth one's kind of that way too. Yeah. He likes the tie jeans, like the jeans that still have the tie up at the top. So he gets a little <laughs> upset when he doesn't have uh, tie jeans. Um, what else happened this weekend? Um, James went to the USTPA Region 5-6 finals with Brayden. He won a couple classes. Brayden won the youth. Our clients I kicked see. ass. And um, I just held down the fort at home. We had some stuff going on. I, we just had our normal stuff going on around the house. But So I held down the fort. James was in Arizona. I got um, phone calls where I thought I was going to have to kick people in the shins in multiple states, but it, it didn't. I stayed at home. So it was. Um, Rained yourself in. <laughs> yeah. I trapped myself in a trailer. And um, and then we went to the fall festival. That's what, That was the main reason I stayed home is my oldest son wanted to go to this little festival that they have at school. It's kind of like a farmer's market. So we went there and I talked to some guys about our beef business and selling beef shares. So it was a good weekend. It wasn't a bad weekend. And you guys went to your Minnesota State Finals. Yes. And uh, Brandon and I didn't get shit done. Um, I, I didn't write a whole lot, though. I mean, 
we've talked about this so much. Remy, I'm like my competitive spirit for that. I love it. I love what I love is coaching and watching my kids. And I like to ride with my kids. But other than that, like, I just, I don't know. It's been like that for a long time for me, though. Do you know what I'm saying? It's weird. Um, so my kids did really good and I'm so proud of them. You know what I'm proud of them the most for though, Remy? And um, once again, still emotional. That hasn't gone away from last week. Uh, but it does make me cry thinking about it. My kids have become amazing humans. And I'm like, when did that happen? And I love to see, I love to see who they're becoming. They're becoming really good little competitors too. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was a fun moment. There was one fun moment this weekend. And uh, that fun moment was there is a boy in our association who is, he's the same age as Bodhi. So he'd be 14 and he has Down syndrome. And Bodhi got a sort with him this weekend. Did you see a video of that? Yes, he did. That was a really neat moment. A very good moment. You know, it's nice to know that you're building good citizens out there because there's not a lot of people that are, I think, I think like people have a mistake of thinking that people aren't trying to raise their kids, right? It's not that it's just, I think with what we do, they have a lot more opportunity to show how good they can be as far as people. But you know, our job as I mothers think, is, to, yeah. is to raise good citizens. Yeah. And it's hard. Uh, where the hard, the hardness and toughness comes in is because our kids' life, lives look so much different than a lot of other kids. And I think that that's the reason it makes me so emotional because I know, and I've said it before, that I took the normalcy out of their lives, or we took the normalcy out of their lives. And They've just been rising above. And that's like, I think that is what makes me emotional is to see how I know that life isn't easy because of what we've done, we've done or we do, but they always find the good in themselves. They always, and I shouldn't say that this has always been that this way. I think that I've just noticed it more. I've, I've noticed a change over the last 12 months more than ever in both of them. The oldest more for sure. But uh, they're, they're good people, and I love that. And so at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And here I am, Remy, gee, many Christmas. But <laughs> it is true. It makes me above everything else. No matter how shitty in life things can get, that is good. That is really good. And I think that that's the most important thing. So there you go. No, and you have, you always have to seek out the good, you know, but it is yeah. nice to watch our children. Um, like I said, be good citizens, be good people because it's really easy to not be good. It's much easier to not be good. Mm -hmm. Not that you have to actively be bad, mm -hmm. but it's much easier to be negative or condescending or clicky. Yeah. 
or to take other people's bullshit on for yourself. It's easy to do it. So it's nice when you're raising yep. children that, you know, that are a lot more mature and empathetic than a lot of adults you see. And hopefully they get to hold on to that throughout their adulthood. Oh boy. So over the weekend, sorry, I tried to compose myself here. Um, over the weekend, you shared an article that was written or it was about Jackie Crawford. And I did not read it until Monday. And I read it and it really struck a chord with me. And it obviously struck a chord with you too. Uh, I don't know, because we all see her as a bright, shining star. Um, she's definitely, well, she is what she is one, I would say she is a leading woman who paved the way for professional women's rodeo and roping, especially. Um, she's a competitor. I don't think there's anything that she hasn't won. And you kind of place her up on a pedestal of the queen of it all, right? Mm -hmm. um, so to read the article, and if you haven't read the article, we're going to talk about it a little bit today because there's just so much truth to all of it. And it's like, you feel good knowing that, oh, glad I'm not the only one who feels like that. You feel good. She has those same thoughts and struggles because I think that people like to place her in a category where she doesn't struggle at all, right? Well, it's one of those things. So if you haven't read the article, they, um, someone asked her, and I, I saw it kind of go around, some of the stuff go around about her this summer, like after the, after Cowboy Christmas, which is like the 4th of July rodeo run. And she's there's a picture of her flying home with her kid on her lap. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to work on this and I'm going to work on that. And in the article, someone goes, well, how do you manage it all? She finally goes, I can't. I figured out I can't manage it all because I can't, I can't do everything and still be the best of my ability. And the thing is, she was so much better than so many people for so long that she could rely on muscle memory and good horses to get her through. Well, now all those girls that looked up to her growing up, well, now they're all catching up to her. So yeah, she's so good. Yeah, she's great. She's still not as good as she used to be. And part of that, she's a little bit older. But the other part is, they talk about it in the article, she was roping and someone goes, can I have 10 minutes of your time? She's like, I gave you That's 10 minutes. Time. Right? She goes, I've been here. I'm here. He goes, oh, you're physically here, but you're not here. You're worried about your kids. You're worried about cleaning up your pen. You're worried about doing everything, which is such a mom thing, right? You're worried about a hundred other things that even if you're physically present, you're not present. You've got a laundry list of things going on. And um, so, well, you know, I, she's thinks. Go ahead. I was going to say she's taking. So in the article, she talks about taking time to now prioritize because she can't she can't be everything that everyone thought she was. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. It's great for her to be strong enough to say, like, I can't do it all. I can't be perfect and still do it all. And, you know, she's got a very supportive husband that was pretty much telling her the same thing. And she had to have a stranger or not a stranger. She had to have a friend tell her the exact same thing her husband was telling her because he could reach her in a different way than her than her spouse could. Um. I met Jackie last year in Reno. Um, we were at the Reno rodeo for a horse sale and she was there and she did. I mean, that that's during the rodeo summer rodeo run Reno rodeo is. So there's a ton of rodeos 
at that time, that same time frame that are all over the country. And she had her toter home there and she had a bicycle. She literally had one kid was on a, like a bike, bike seat behind her. And then she had the, she was pulling the cart with the kid in it. So she had two kids, a dog, and she's biking around the fairgrounds on that bike. Um, like who, who she portrays herself as in all of the interviews in all of the media presence, that truly is who she is. I mean, I'm, there's not, from what I've seen that there's, that's not, that's not a lie. Like what they're, they're portraying, um, in all of the media that is that is Jackie Crawford and her rig was parked right by the out gate that we had to go in and out of every day she was out there roping in the when the morning when we come she'd be out there roping the dummy with night with her kids when we left uh lots of time energy and practice goes into what she does Brandon says this to me often and when I read her story I I didn't laugh because he says this to me often. When's my 10 minutes? Because um, my brain doesn't shut off. And I like, for me, I love to create. And I'm not the competitor that she is but I understand that a hundred percent. And I don't know how you shut it off from me. I, I don't know how you do because there is so many things. Like if I'm not thinking about the kids, I'm thinking about something else I have to do or my schedule of what needs to be done. I don't know. I don't know how you shut it off. And I think I used to actually be better about it. I think I've gotten worse about it as I've gotten older because I think there's a pressure for, and maybe it's just an internal pressure, right? That I've gotten really good at doing a lot of things, which means that now I have to do more things, right? I can't just rest on what I did because whatever I did wasn't good enough. Cause it's like, it's this, it's the same thing. It's like this ever heightening jump, this ever heightening bar I have to pass. Well, yeah, what you did was great, but now we need to do X, Y, and Z. So you don't get to be happy of any of your accomplishments, minor or major, because there's always something else to overcome. And I think I've gotten worse about being happy for those things. Like I really have to practice trying to take a breath and and it's hard. It's hard with what we do because like for us personally, we have a lot of irons in the fire all the time and it's really good. And it's one of those things I was talking to someone yesterday about, um, just about the work schedule. She goes, no, you're pretty good about shutting off when you're tired or you're in pain. You just muscle through it. She goes, I've watched you do it for a long time. And that's not always great, right? Like I've always valued myself on how hard I work or how creative I am or how good I am at something. And then when someone tells you that it's not quite good enough or it's not what they wanted, it's hard for me to take that on the chin. It's very hard because it feels like an, an attack on me personally Because it's like, I did the things you asked me to, and I did them to the best of my ability. And I thought I was really good at it. And now you're saying I'm not. So what am I if I'm not those things? And for Jackie Crawford, it's got to be the same thing, right? She won the world title by 
cutting her horn off of her saddle because she, she was pregnant. Great. Right? Like, yeah. and that's amazing. I'm not taking that away from her, but how hard can you, how hot, how long can you function that way until you got nothing left to give anybody? And you, as a woman and a mother, you're the last on the list of people that get the things, like, that get the personal attention. And I, you know, and I think you get in relationships where it's like, well, no, I am proud of you. Or, or I, I, you know, I tell you all these things, but, and it's like, yeah, but it's hard to differentiate for her. So, like, let's talk about Jackie, right? that Charlie Crawford, which is her husband, because she used to be Jackie Hobbs, was, oh, I'm proud of, you know, and I'm not saying that it's this way, but it's like, oh, I'm proud of you, but now you got to go do this. Well, why wasn't what I did last week good enough? How was it not good enough? And for her, it was just, she prioritized everything else and then still relied on how good she was and all that much. And she says it, she goes, I relied on muscle memory and good horses to get me through and it'll get you through for a long time, but it won't carry you through when now everyone else is watched you for years and they figured out how to be almost as good as you so now the only thing she's got on those girls is experience if she, if she can't find the time to put the work in that's what she's talking about she's going to put the work in but it is hard as a mother and a wife to give someone their 10 minutes and to still get your 10 minutes and to still do all the things that you have rolling in the back of your brain do you ever think like um for somebody like jackie no, she's done all the things. She's got nothing to prove, but she is such a competitor. I, my question is like, I think it, she comes to the day where she's like, I'm just going to hang up my hat from this and try something new because I think she would be an incredible teacher. I mean, she, she is, you know, like, she's done. I think it's, I think the, I think breakaway is kind of unique in this way. Right. You get a lot of those women like Larry D guy and Jackie Crawford and all those ladies do really well do a lot of breakaway stuff. And now with the rise of the breakaway, these women now have a chance again. So I think it's weird. I think it's a, it's a different thing, right? There was a whole lull in their career where they were clinicians and showing stuff because there was no real big advantage. <laughs> like JJ Hampton, right? She was getting after Marty Yates for a long time because that's her nephew to make him the best she can he could be. And now she's back to breakaway roping. So I think it's kind of, it's like they're coming to their second, like a renaissance, right? Their second coming again in their life. But at some point, you don't want to be on the road all the time, especially if you have young kids. I don't care how much you like competing. At some point, you want to be home and raise your kids. And that's what she said. She goes, like, the article with Jackie says, like, that arena's mine from eight to one now. I'm not, and, she, and part of it, too, is her being a clinician. I horse, like that. Right? But part of it's being a clinician and a horse person, too. She's like, I've, we've never wanted to not help somebody. And I've done that, too. James did, has done it as well, where you help so many people to the detriment of how well you're riding because you've spent yourself emotionally coaching and doing all this stuff. And now it comes time for you to ride. Well, you're running on damn near empty because you gave it all away for other people. I, that is where I'm, uh, but I, so I love, I love to coach. I love that. I love to coach and help. And I will always be that person. I've recently come to understand though, that I may have to take a step back because it's as much as I love it, it's too emotionally draining for me. And I, I want to, I think that there's so much good to do and give for, to the world, Remy. I think that what we do on a weekly basis I think it helps people through multiple seasons of their life. 
but I can't hardly do this if I've got a bunch of other bullshit running around in my head that I have to deal with from the previous weekend. And I don't care about the bullshit anymore. Does that make sense? No, it does. And it's like, uh, it's a, we talk about competing at the big shows and, um, honestly, it doesn't help our business, right? Because what makes our business successful for us is how we treat our clients, how we take care of their horses, how we make them feel like we're entertainment money for them. So it doesn't matter anymore how much we win. And so when I start sit looking at those big shows, it's like, I don't, I don't want to be gone for that long to gamble a lot of money away for something that isn't fun for me anymore. It doesn't mean it'll never be fun, but I'm in a different season of my life. And I've said it multiple times, we're not mercenaries like we used to be. And um, I just, it's not about being competitive. Like how much more am I supposed to win? Like how much more do you want me to win before I show you that I'm good enough? Well, again, we have clients based on what we offer as trainers and as coaches, not by how much we want. And yes, it's good that we win, but the winning doesn't matter if you treat your clients poorly and you don't take good care of their horses. And so for me, I don't want to be gone for 12 days at a horse show to spend $8,000 and hope that I win, win it back. That's a lot of stress and it's not very much fun and I'm not fun to be around and uh, it's not good for my kids. So I'm just going to take a break and have fun. Yeah. It comes down to, for me too, like, well, I've never wanted to do it. I've never wanted to do that. So that is no biggie for me but it all comes down to my kids too and my mental my mental well-being I suppose (laughs) but I wonder about Jackie Crawford in that like when we had this conversation about her I just keep thinking like how much more time does she need to put in how how for how much longer will she have to is she going to keep wanting to tell herself I have to keep proving that I am the best, that I'm, you know what I'm saying? Cause I don't think that she should have to prove it anymore. I mean, she's got two little kids and I think that she should go enjoy what she built. You know, and, and maybe she enjoy it. And that's the other thing too, is maybe she enjoys it. Like I, um, I thought about that. I'm like, maybe she just loves being a, a competitor so much it's, that it's, she's willing it's to like, do I, I think about guys like Tom Brady and then Kobe Bryant, right? So Kobe's last year, he had announced his retirement at the beginning of the year. And it was like a whistle-stop tour for him. Every city he went to, that was going to be the last game that Kobe played. Now, he built other businesses outside of that. He had more money than he was ever going to be able to spend. But he wanted one last year to go kind of test himself and prove that. It's the same thing with Brady. Like, Tom Brady doesn't need more money. And people don't understand it. They think he's being greedy. I think he doesn't have anything. really. I know he's got kids and a wife, but... I think for him, he like he eats, breathes, and sleeps football. And he's got one more shot to play, so why not play? And you don't have to like Tom Brady, but you got to think about a, a man that's grown up doing nothing but playing football. That's got to be scary to look right. down the tunnel at the end. And what are you after that? And, I mean, Kobe did a really good job before his death building a lot of other businesses that kept him involved in basketball without having to rely on how on his body. It's the same thing. Like I grew up watching Kobe play. He'd never got hurt for a long time. He didn't really know how to mentally handle getting hurt 
because he carried he did he carried teams for forever without being hurt. And then when he started him start to saw him start to getting hurt, he'd never had a game that was built for him being hurt. You know, his game changed, but he didn't it was a it was that was actually heartbreaking to watch was Kobe's last year trying to struggle to carry teams on like a half a leg. I pegged you for a lot of things, but a sports fan was not one of them, Remy. <laughs> I grew up Especially in LA. I'm a, I'm a Laker. I actually don't care about football. <laughs> like I don't. But I am a I'm a Lake Show Lake Show for life. I love Lakers. I love Lakers. I love basketball. That's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> um Yeah, so the, back to Jackie Crawford and that whole deal. I just think that she's an amazing, not only is she an amazing competitor, I think she's an amazing person for what she's done for rodeo or um, for women in rodeo is what I wanted to say. Um, I love how she tells her story and she's very honest about it. I think it helps a ton of people get to where they want to go. Well, no, I mean, even, even admitting like, I can't, I can't do all the things, right? I can't do it. And I need to prioritize myself. Well, good for you. Good for you being honest, you know, and there's going to be people that there's going to be people that judge her for that too. And they shouldn't because she was just honest in what she needed done. Okay. I can't help everyone every hour of the day. I need this time for me. And then you think about it, like her husband is an NFR team rover. So she's got the arena yeah. from eight to one. And when does Charlie have the arena? He's trying to get back after it. And maybe he's not. I mean, I, I love watching the videos. He's been he's out been for a while. Yeah, and like, but I mean, I love right. watch. Yeah, I love watching the videos of him pushing her calf, and then when she ropes good, like just the sheer love and excitement on his face. Like that's amazing to watch someone that has stepped a little bit aside from what he was doing to be so supportive of his wife. And it doesn't look like there's any jealousy or anger there. Like he looks like he's just as happy for her win, if not more, than she is. No, I'm pretty sure that he took a step back to prepare her horses for her. I mean which unbelievable but maybe he was tired of the road too i who knows yeah i mean it's it's super easy to get tired of it and it's super easy to get tired of chasing all of it and that's why i said i just i think it's awesome that she came out and said this for me i look at her and i'm like how much more do you have to prove to anybody because you've done all of the things and been so amazing at all of the things. But as I guess it's her, her decision and her decision alone. Yeah. And, uh, I always joke that I should have retired, not this 4th of July, but last 4th of July after we went to Oregon and I won everything. I should have just, I should have done a mic drop then and walked away because, uh, how do you beat that? I should, I should have, I should have retired. <laughs> yeah, but you, you love it. You also love it, Remy. You love it. And it has become something different for you because now you, you do it with your kids and <clears throat> that's what, me and my kids couldn't get shit done this weekend together, but it doesn't matter. It not where it's at for me, but I, I love riding with them and I love watching them ride with other people. That's a different level, Remy, when you get a ride with your own kids yeah. and do the things. 
can find enjoyment in that. No, it's true. And then, you know, it's, uh, it was like, it was important for me to stay home this weekend too, because my second, my second oldest, um, he gets a lot of attention because he likes to ride and he likes to cowboy and that's what we do. You know, that's what we do for a living. So he goes in the truck more often than not. And my older one will help you. And he's really good at doing all of it. He just, he doesn't crave it like the second one. So it was kind of good to give him a little bit of a spotlight. So we like took some eggs with us because he um, raises chickens. I mean, technically they all do, but he's the one that's always like cleaning the chickens and doing all that. So it was good to give him a little bit of the spotlight too. Well, as I said, it's Bronson's birthday today and uh, terrible mom. I There's no treats. I have not bought treats for school yet. My mom is in town, so I'm going to put her on that task this morning. Uh, I haven't bought a birthday present yet. I mean, I have a really good one in mind. I'd like to get him Vikings tickets, and we're still trying to figure out. I'm not a football person, so I don't know, like, what seats to buy or anything yeah. like that. And, uh, oh, yeah, haven't done anything for his little birthday party. He wants to have friends over for me. <laughs> Just killing down here, say. killing the mom game, Breck. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I'm thankful that he knows that I'm that type of mom. So he's like, "Whatever you want to do, mom. Whatever you want to do." I don't know. Certainly better at some things more than I am others. That would be one of them. What else, Remy? What else do we? No, I mean, I think, and it's, so it's like, we talked to, you know, just this weekend, I got some phone calls from some friends and clients, um, about, and this goes back to the Jackie Crawford thing too, right? About, um, being competitive when people try and rattle your cage, because a lot of people are going to rattle your cage because they can't beat you any other way. Right. So they're not going to beat you in the pen. So they got to mentally beat you outside of the pen and, um, I'm pretty good as far as that goes. Like, and so I, I'm sending a lot of text messages this weekend that were pep talks, like deep breath. You got this because like we had um, some good friends show up at a show and they hadn't been really to that place before. And some guys were kind of just, just chirping in their ear, trying to get them beat. Now these are like novice riders. They haven't been anywhere. This is not, this is not the welcoming entrance they should have. We should be supporting them right now. And those guys support every, you know, and my friends support everyone. They're yelling for everyone. And um, so I'm texting them back and I was like, don't worry. Uh, you should tell them that you don't know us. So that'll, that'll help you out. <laughs> but I go, you, I go, you gotta take a deep breath and go do what you know how to do. Because the only way to shut somebody up like that is to just go beat them or ignore them. I like to do both. I like to ignore them and then be the, beat them and then smile and nod as I walk by. Because, uh. I heard you, but you didn't fuck me up. So, go Got on. That. Got that. But, I, but I, I mean, I, I think it's really hard when you're competing to not let the, um, the chirping bother you, especially when you don't have a good weekend, right? It's like, uh, it's like flies on sick cattle. When you're not having a good weekend, that chirping gets really <laughs> loud, and it kind of just comes on to you. And it's hard to ignore it and go in, but you have to. It is hard. Like I said, I'm, I'm past it. 
thing. Yeah, I don't even know. But it, if you're already not wanting to compete, right, or you're new to competing and you have to deal with stuff like that, and it happens in every sport, it doesn't matter what it is, it happens in every sport, that chirping that you hear from the sidelines. You hear the chirp. Uh, they, for the most part, won't say it to you, but you hear the chirping all around you. And like I saw it in baseball. I mean, I saw it even in my kids' baseball, and they're not very old. So you hear the chirping all the time. It's really hard to set that aside and go in. And part of that is mental toughness. How do you not let it get under your skin and make it part of who you are? Or how or or how do you let it how do you add it to your armor? Like you thought I wasn't good enough. Look how good I can be. And um, but I do, I think that adds to a lot of people not wanting to compete a lot. It's just mental fatigue. It's emotional fatigue because you're doing, you know, you're there supposedly to have fun. And again, it doesn't matter what you're doing, water skiing, baseball, soccer, sorting, penning, cow horse cutting. It's there in all of it. Yeah. And it's supposed to be fun. At its base, it's supposed to be fun. Very few people do this for a living. So let's just make it fun for everyone. And then guess what? All of us would have more fun. You know what, though? What's... Um money money is what separates that it is supposed to be fun but the more money that's involved the less fun it becomes and i think that people forget that it costs a lot of money if you do anything it doesn't matter like remy said it doesn't matter what you're doing um if you're Remy and I talked about this last week because we think it's like just the funniest thing ever. If you're one of those fishermen who go and do all the big contests, that stuff costs a lot, but there's a lot of money on the line and people do really bizarre and weird shitty things like stuff weights and fish. I don't know, <laughs> but that is the kind of shit that happens all over when there's money involved. And I think that there comes a point in time where it doesn't matter how much money, for me, it doesn't matter how much money is on the line. It is not a fun environment to be in, around, because people, I don't know, lose no, themselves uh, they do because all they start looking at is dollar signs and it's um yeah i was we were i was talking to someone was asking us like how do we know if the show is going to be successful right when i put the flyer out there how do i know if the show is going to be successful and i said honestly i'm going to tell you it's if the wind blows in the right direction <laughs> because, and it's true like and because we started something called legacy championships for penning and sorting a couple of years ago when um a lot of the other big associations were kind of in a lull. And we added 110,000 that first year out of our own pocket at six shows. Um, and so, no, at five, five shows. And um, like our finals had 30,000 added. The rest of the other shows had 20,000 added. And um, it was like, it was just tough, right? And we got a lot of people that came, but now the more added, like our shows that had more added money had less people because when you had all that added money, they knew the wolves were coming, right? They knew 
that they were walking to slaughter versus, well, if you only had five or 10,000 out of they could show up and the big open guys aren't going to be there and they're not going to bring in their ringers. And it's going to be a much more fun, relaxed atmosphere. Like, um, shit, 20 years. And it ago, doesn't like, matter. Like it does. And like, there's a thing like, so the more money I've added, the less people I get for the most part. Right. And it's a different atmosphere. But I mean, like 20 years ago, we gave away a trailer and same thing. You had less people because they were afraid of what those big things brought. And like, we'll have a show one month at the house and it'll be huge. And then I will run the same show a month or two later. And it's half the amount of contestants. Nothing changed. Same payout, same awards, good cattle, good ground, all of it. But, you know, it's just, I, I think you've seen a difference, especially in the Western industry. If it's not fun or if it doesn't all line up, people aren't going to come like they used to. Like We used to be dedicated. Like if you went to a pennant and it was pissing down rain, you still went out there and rode. And now it's like, it's drizzly and people are like, I'm going to see you next month. They're just not dedicated. Fair weather fan. And I get it. Like, I get it too, because this is no longer something that specifically depending on sorting, like you don't haul the same way that you used to. Like you might haul more, but you don't like, we used to be gone every weekend, every weekend. Sometimes we hit two or three shows in a weekend. And now we're like, are there good restaurants where we're going? Cause I want to enjoy what we're eating. After well, um, I look like at a lot of big barrel racers, reining horse people. There's a ton of trainers out there who did it for a long time, Remy, like the majority of their life and were extremely competitive who they stay home now and give lessons. And it's because it, it became not fun anymore. And I think that money, because I think money is the root of many evils. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that just gets in the way of a lot of things. And no, it doesn't. I mean, the other thing is it's expensive what we do. So it's a. Uh, everything's expensive. Everything's expensive, but horses in particular are not a hobby to be taken lightly, right? Yeah. Because even if you decide you're not going to ride this month, you still have to feed them and house them and put yeah. shoes on them. I was just going to say, put shoes on them. Yeah. So. But it does, and it makes it not as much fun. Like, it is actually more fun going with my kids to shows now because I was getting burnt out. But this year for me, we just have a lot of stuff going on, and I I, I was not looking forward to a 20-hour drive to spend 12 weeks away from home in a hotel. Or not 12 weeks, 12 days. That would be horrible for me. I was going to say, where the hell are you going, Remy? <laughs> 12 days early. 12 days, though, you know, to be gone. Yeah. And I uh, would rather be home for Halloween with my kids. And again, it's just a different priority. Before you went, I've been able to knock me off of it, right? Like, let's go, let's roll. And now I'm just like, well, maybe next year. And you know, that's like, we're looking at the stampede next year for Calgary, like Canada's open back up. That's fun. And again, I know how much that trip costs, but we look at it more as a vacation than us going to battle it out every day to ride. Yeah, I get that. I think it's just where you're at in your life. And I think um, Jackie Crawford's article brought that to life for me. It was nice to see like somebody on her level feel that way. And, and nice to know that I'm not the only one who, because Brandon says it to me often. He's like, when is my 10 minutes?
and that's not because I'm trying to be a mean person. Literally, if you knew what went through my head on a daily basis, it's kind of scary because there's a lot of stuff. But um, I love to create and I have a lot of really good ideas. And I read her article and I felt better about myself because if I'm being honest, this last weekend was not very much fun. And what I hated about it the most is going into it, I was in a space that I was super creative and I was getting a lot of cool ideas put together. I was getting a lot of really good stuff put you know, on paper and down and started to benefit and help those around me. And for two days, I mentally felt like shit and it took me out of that space. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want that because I was on such a good track and by putting myself in that place, does that make sense? I, you know what I mean? Like, that's not my end goal or game anymore, but doing good things for those around me is, so. No, I, I think you figure out different ways to um, express what you want out of life. Like I was watching this other, I was watching this video on TikTok and actually I can't believe the husband like recorded his wife because to me it was not nice. But she was talking about how her brain, like she's like, she goes, but our brains think differently. She's like, you're going hunting. And um, so it means that all this stuff, I got to put away all this stuff. She goes, so I'm here folding towels. And now I'm thinking about when do I have to buy bread for the lunches, right? Because we're not going to have enough bread to get me through. And when do I have time to go buy bread? Because I have to take the kids to school and then I have a full-time job and you're not going to be here. So now I'm thinking about what do I have to buy bread? And it's true. It's like, for me, uh, I can be really single-minded about certain things, but in it's always like it's this hum in the back of my head. What else needs done and how are we supposed to do it? And then it's like, then I kind of like the ADHD in me or the ADD in me comes out and I only get something done. Well, then I'm a failure because I didn't get the three other things done that someone asked me to get done. But, you know, I did 15 other things, but all they look at is the three things I didn't get done. They don't look at like all the other things I did that now just don't seem to matter. And for me, that that gets hard to take, right? Like I did a lot of good for you, but it wasn't enough because I didn't do the thing that you saw. And it's like, um, and I have to be careful with my kids about that too. Like I have to be careful with pushing them hard because it's like uh, my one son has a, a 4.06 GPA, right? He's got a bunch of A pluses he's got a B plus in math and my kids do not, they never, <laughs> and I, well, he's got a B plus in math. And I was like, Hey, you got to work on the math grade. And you know, he's like, well, do you think I'm, so I'm not going to make honor roll. I said, no, you're going to make Dean's list still. I was like, but you have to work on the math grade. And I have to be careful to not be so negative about that. Cause this kid's got like almost all A pluses and one B plus on something that I know is hard for him. And then I'm negative about it. Like that's not good for him. It's not good for me. And, um, Remy and I are so different. I was celebrating D's with my kids. <laughs> but I, and it's the same thing, right? Like then my other one who still has a high GPA, he struggles with spelling and I'm picking at him about that. Well, he got a hundred percent on his last spelling test. And I was like, yeah, well, you didn't turn your homework in the week before. So that added to the B plus or the, yeah, the B plus grade that you had when you should have had a higher grade. And again, it's me being negative, right? Like he did really well. He worked really hard to get the A plus on the test. And all I'm doing is picking at what he didn't do right. And I think that's really easy. I think it's really easy to be hypercritical of things, especially 
when you perform at such a high at such a high standard. And again, it goes back to Jackie Crawford and the pedestal, right? You expect her to win. You don't expect her to lose. You don't expect her to miss. You don't expect her to break out. You expect her to come out there and be a two to a three every time. And that pressure has got to be a lot too, because you expect perfection from her. Not just you all. I mean, obviously you, I mean, like the you. You're talking everybody. You're talking about. (laughs) But that's a lot of pressure to live up to. And I've talked about it before as an open writer, very few people celebrate when you win. They expect you to win. They love to beat you. They expect you to win. So when you win, it's like, good job. But it's never really heartfelt, right? And um, it's a, but yeah, I think, I think that pressure adds to the stuff with Jackie Crawford too, is you expect her to be the best no matter what, because for so long she's been the best. And I think that transfers to the partnerships and um, spousal relationships and your relationships with your children is that when someone sets that bar of behavior or um, competency, then you just expect more because it doesn't matter if they were struggling to be perfect. Well, they've shown you they can be perfect. So now let's add one more layer to how good they're supposed to be. And I do, I have to be careful with my, I have to be particularly careful about my kids because I expect perfection in certain things and I get upset when they don't reach it because I know they can. Now that's kind of hard, right? Like, so that's a balancing act for me to expect a lot and, but to also have some grace and forgiveness when they don't do that. And, um, I think everyone, kind of, you know, I think a lot of people lack the grace and forgiveness for themselves and for other people. I think that that's, um, we're definitely different when it comes to that. My boys have never been good students, but I think that why, I mean, we have been hard on our kids. I'm not going to say that um, in certain things. And, but Brendan's been very adamant, like when they're out of line, you get after them, which is for the better because there's a lot of kids who don't get at, their parents aren't getting after them and I see like it just becomes a problem that is out of control but uh I think that the reason why I've been so proud of them lately is because well it started with school are you there Remy Remy oh she's frozen hold on seeing me Guy is back. There we there go. You are. <laughs> it's usually me. Um, I know. It was me today. It was you. Uh, but I think the reason that I've been so proud of them lately is because, as most of you know, well, we had COVID, so we had to do the homeschool thing through COVID. But last year, we took our kids out. They went to school from September until the middle of November. And then we homeschooled them outside of our school district from mid-November until the end of the year. And no, they never really complained, but I knew that they didn't really like it either, but we also don't have a choice. It's our life and it's not going back. It's, we have to figure out a happy medium for all of us and what works and what doesn't. And it was, that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Continues to be the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is figuring out the schooling and what's the best option for them. 
but this year you know, they both told me that they wanted to go back to school again. And my kids were shitty students for me, but I'll tell you what, they have been amazing this year. My Bodhi would have never, he would have sat in his room, told me he was doing his homework and never done his homework. Yeah. And this year he sits at the kitchen table. He asks for help from me. He asks for help from his teachers. He's doing really good. And he's not getting all A's, all B's, not A's and B's. He's not getting, he's probably getting maybe one D, but the rest would be C's and B's. And possibly an A mixed in there. I don't know. But I'm so damn proud of them. I'm so damn proud of them for trying. They're trying. I know how bad they hated school, but it all comes back to, I think, they'd never had something like that taken away from them before. Yeah. And then they had it taken away from them. And now, I don't know. I love it. I love that their little alarms are set for six o'clock in the morning and they get up on their own and shower and do all the things. And they're just, it's really cool to see. So that's all I have. No, and I think, uh, I do. I think, I think that like the thing for me with Jackie was her saying like, I can't do it all. Right. I can't, I can't be everything. I can't be perfect all the time and be successful at all of it, which is, you know, what we're all trying to be is, hyper successful at everything or maybe we're not all trying to be that that maybe that's just me trying to be you know and it, i bet she felt selfish selfish as hell saying the arena's closed down from eight to one just for me yeah. i bet she felt selfish she really felt bad because she loves to help other people too but if her end goal and game is to continue to be the best and that is what she knows she needs well then good for her no, I think it's a, uh, but you know, I think, like I said, I think we all need to have a little bit of grace and forgiveness for ourselves and for other people, because it's really easy to pick out the negative about anybody, right? It's easy to tell them what they're doing wrong without building them up. And I'm not all for that. You need to be positive all the time. Like, I, I do. I think that there's a, a nice way to tell someone that they're not doing something correctly. And I'm not saying that you have to be, have like positive reinforcement all the time. But I think it's really easy when someone is very good at what they do to pick apart the small things that they've done wrong. And I, I said, I do it with my kids. I do it with my horses. Um, I'm really careful to not do it with my clients, but I used to not be that way. Like I've matured into that with my clients. So I'm like, well, this was good, but this is how we can be better. Because no one wants to be told that they're just not good enough or what they did wasn't right. Nobody wants to be told that. I don't care how many astuans you've taken. You still don't like to hear it. And, um, like, you know, for her, she had to have someone from outside of her husband tell her where she needed to be. And you know that her husband told her that because he knows what it takes to go in. Yeah. But she had to hear it from somebody else. You know, I need 10 minutes of your time. Well, I gave you 10 minutes. No, you didn't. Physically, you did. And, again, that's the mental load of women. I, I think it's the mental load of a lot of successful people is you're physically in one place, but your mind is, you know, 10 steps ahead doing something else. Right. <laughs> For sure. Well, um, great story by Jackie Crawford. If you haven't read it, go read it. Good talk this morning, Remy. <laughs>
<laughs> maybe not as organized as other weeks, but still good talk. Um, we were a hot mess this weekend. I had a lot of stuff going on. You had a lot of stuff going on. It's uh... We're just out here trying to do the best we can. We? <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Uh, we will see you next Wednesday. Until then, be bold. Be brave. Be humble. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you, guys. Mm, bye.